global controls will have to be imposed and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. And welcome to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. What a wonderful time to be alive. I really want to thank everybody from Philadelphia and Syracuse for showing up. Especially Syracuse. I know it's a Sunday night. You got Sunday night football. You got work in the morning. And you all showed up. God bless you. Uh, give it up for XG in the house, hanging out, go, making go, this go. show diversified. Got the Mexicans in. Mexicans <laughs> are here, dude. You it's can't amazing. be in Southern Cal without Mexicans, homeboy. Throw a cat. Try to hit a fucking Mexican. It's easy. So we appreciate you guys calling. A lot of amazing things are going on. Uh, a lot of great stuff going on. First of all, this Tuesday night, it is uh, Comedy Chaos live at the Comedy Store. Chris D'Elia, Whitney Cummings, the Lucas Brothers, Mookie Thompson, myself, plus Tony Hinchcliffe just has been at it. It's only 20 bucks. Tickets are moving fast. And then, boom, next week, I forgot to add that to the fire, we have a, uh, I will be at the House of Comedy in Arizona. That's right, the 25th through the 28th, live in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm headlining an hour of power. I am coming for blood. I plan on dropping the hammer of a thousand rock gods, okay? You guys think I'm fucking around, Arizona. I'm playing for your souls. It's me versus the devil. So show up, support me as I battle for Earth, all right? And that, go to houseofcomedy.net, grab those tickets right now, and then Texas, we're coming. That's right. I'm going to Plano, Texas, Hyenas, Sam Tripoli versus everyone. That's it. Sam Tripoli versus everyone. Okay? An hour of Tripoli. Just dropping those truth bombs on these unsuspecting fools. I, I suggest you come. Bring your ladies. Real quick. The truth community. As weird as the guys are, the women are all hot. I don't know how this happens, but they're all hot. So November 2nd, I am at the uh, Plano, Texas Hyenas. November 3rd, I'm in Houston with my good man, Eddie Bravo. It's myself, Eddie Bravo, and we're doing the Tim Foyle Comedy Night at the Secret Group. If those tickets sell out, we're going to do a second show, and then we're all going to strip bars, and we're going to hang out with black strippers, okay? Because when you go to Houston, you got to get those strippers with those horses' asses, all right? That's the beauty of the world and life. Hot black Texas ass. And then finally, tickets are already moving. It's November 4th. We're at the Stateside Theater in Austin. Myself, Eddie Bravo, dropping truth bombs. Come show love. It's all about truth, dog. You want to ask Eddie Bravo, how do we live on a flat earth? Do we live on a stuffed <laughs> crust pizza? Maybe we do. I don't know. Come and hang out. And this show today is brought to you by our good friends at BetDSI. Bet DSI for all your bet needs. Hey, do you want to bet on whether the lizard people are bisexual, fully homo, or straight? You can bet on that. Flat Earth, Round Earth, you can bet on that, okay? 
You can bet on anything you want, bet DSI. And for our fans, use the promo code TF, oh, actually, HAT100. Use the promo code HAT100 and you get $20 betting cash. So go support the show. Guys, help me out, help you. These guys, are they're funding the show. What does the show do? What do these sponsors do for the show? They allow us to build our new website that's about to drop on this weekend, okay? One-stop shop website. It helps with the show. Get the t-shirts going, everything like that. So go to BetDSI, use the promo code TINFOILHAT. And what? HAT100. Thank you, Aaron. Finally, you show your worth. Instead, just coming on my show and tell me everything I believe is total bullshit. Nobody here appreciates that. Not even my guests, okay? They don't appreciate you coming on here and hating everything I do. Fans love it. The fans don't love it. They don't. They don't at all. It hurts their feelings. Uh, guys, enough of me talking. Enough of me talking. Now it's time to get in some real shit. I just want to make sure what the deal is real quick. Yep, yep, yep. You also have a Patreon. Oh, I do have a Patreon. Go to Patreon. Yeah, we got the Patreon right there. It's kicking. Here's what I'm doing. I'm doing one audio podcast a day, and then I'm doing two live streams only available on the Patreon. That's it. Two live streams. I answer all your questions. And then our good friends on Facebook, go to Tinfoil Hat Podcast and grab that. Be a part of it. Be a part of it. Stop sitting on the sidelines and letting the cabal win. Engage. Hang out. Say hi to the ladies. All right? That's enough of me talking. That's enough business for today. Guys, I'm very excited to have our next guest on. I was um, I was on his podcast, and word was it was voted greatest podcast of 2017. <laughs> it got greatest podcast ever, 2017. Uh, his podcast is called The Josta Show, and he's the lead in Hatebreed. Please welcome Jamie Josta, everybody. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, dude. My pleasure. We've had, uh, we've had. I think you're our second rock star, but we're excited to have on. You have a show here tonight? Yep, playing the Belasco, and then I'm going to a lot of places that you're going. Where are you going? We're going to Phoenix. We're going to Houston, so maybe I'll have to. I didn't know that Houston had these stallion asses ever. Dude, you haven't seen? Okay, my Instagram is just <laughs> Oakland Raiders and black strippers, okay? Really? Oh, that's, I love them. I took a break from Instagram, which is honestly, is, I have my life back, and it's amazing. And uh, I get that. I, I do a little couple posts here and there on the Hatebreed page, but on my own Instagram, I just haven't been on it for a couple months, and it is, uh, it's, I think comparison is the thief of joy have you ever heard that saying no but i love it and i think what i was doing was i would be like comparing like because i i'll look at people's house and i'll be like their house is more organized and i would be like why am i such a slob and i would lose my mind and then i would try to clean my house and i can't get it right just weird things like that in recovery okay there's a, a real great saying that kind of changed my life was comparing your insides to other people's outsides. Right. And that, I, that's all I would do. I would look at these people who, like, I'm like, why aren't I like them? Why? And then I would compare my misery that was going at the time because of drugs and alcohol, and I was just killing myself with these people who I thought were winning in life, and I never stopped to actually see that maybe they have these things, but 
Maybe they're happy, maybe they're not. And as my life goes on and I kind of take a step back and I start watching people who I thought had everything that would make me happy, I start realizing they could be just as miserable as I yeah. am. I know people go to therapy and there's nothing wrong with therapy. But like I know someone who goes like to therapy like four times a, a, a week and they have everything yeah. that you could ever want. And that, they, but that's what Instagram's for. It's to show the good shit. <laughs> right. No one ever showed, shows the bad shit. And even when you do, that's you sit so there and true. say, even when you sit there and put some bad shit, you still say, it's a blessing in disguise. You yeah. still fucking find a way to say it's a good thing that it happened to you. No, I totally agree. Well, I have an album called Satisfaction is the Death of Desire. And so I always fight to not be content. And, and maybe that's a flaw. But in the music industry, you'll see, like I would go on Instagram and I would see someone's like a uh, video, like they'll do a snippet of their video to promote their album and it looks amazing. And then I'll hit up a guy and say, Hey, can you make it look like this? Why are all, why is every project I'm doing fucking low res yeah. with the whack fonts yes. and the clip art and I'm paying double what these fucking idiots are paying. I couldn't agree. A- more. And it would drive me crazy. Or I would be like, I, I would look at someone's flyer for their show and the venue's not listed or the date is wrong. And I would just, so I would go on there every day and just get mad. And I would be like, all right, stop comparing my marketing plan to their marketing plan. Stop comparing my web guy or my designer, my shirt designs to their shirt designs. All the time, dude. <laughs> like, I go on, like, I'm playing a particular comedy club coming up. I go to their website. And they're highlighted. They're hiding, highlighting everybody but me. Yes. But yes. me. And it drives me nuts. That, but you know what I got? And the do? picture they do have of you is of like 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've so taken so picture. many pictures since then. Yeah. You can easily look. But it's out of my hands. My dates are like illegible. Like you, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm try- so I, you know what I did? I went on Tom Segura's thing and I said, find me whoever is designing his fucking poster because he's got a ton of cities like us like we'll do like 30 cities it's different if you have four or five dates right right so i'm like find that font find that designer like he managed to get all the dates in there and you can read it without needing a fucking magnifying glass well you gotta understand that tom segura is probably the greatest businessman of comedy i've ever met I've really? never met anybody who's worked smarter than that guy. Yeah. So everything he's doing, you should copy him. You know what the new thing I get to is the excuses of like, oh, everything's geo-targeted, so it won't, you won't see it. Like tonight, there's like, whatever, there's 100 tickets left. But this thing should have been sold out in advance, okay? It's Guar and Hatebreed. We never co-headline. You, we never... I love that combination, dude. Yeah, it's... it's. What time's the concert? It's... Uh, we play at 9. I think doors open at 7. And I tell people, come out early, because Ringworm and Miss May I are great, too. It's really a fun night. It's, it's something for everybody, right? So they these shows, like Portland and Seattle... Basically sold out in advance. I think they released like 50 tickets each night. And these are big theaters packed to the gills. Why is L.A. not, you know, sold out in advance? So I go to their page. I go to the Belasco's page on Instagram. And no offense to who's ever running that. But there's no fucking posts for our show. And they got like 30,000 followers that are L.A. based. And it's like. It's unbelievable. Like I do comedy clubs. And these comedy clubs have this weird mentality that it's my job to fill the room. Yeah, they want it to sell itself. And, and, but they stand to make 
so much more money than me. Yeah. They stand to make two to three times more. Like, as much as you're making, the club will make twice as that in alcohol sales. Yeah. It's just a fact. Has this turned into the First World Problems podcast? No, no, no. This for is great. People this is great. Who, <laughs> because I, I'm not complaining in the way that I'm ingrateful. I just, I... I can't stand when we don't reach our true potential because motherfuckers drop the ball. Listen, I, I get <laughs> when you say we sold out there. I'm like, God, I wish my fans all show up and we for for we've always hit our numbers. Like we have a certain number. We're like, we gotta get this. We've hit that number. But what happens is because I'm not the guy that everybody's like, oh, I gotta grab my tickets now, or because it's gonna sell out. They're all walk-ups. Yeah. So I'm just getting beat down going, why isn't this here? Why why have we hit this number? I'm like, they're going to show up. Why have we hit this number? Why? And But then when the show happens, we look out, packed room. Yep. But I've sweated for two weeks up to this thing. That's because you're like the you're. It's like hardcore punk. You're like the hardcore punk version of comedy. That's what that's what hardcore and punk fans do. Now when we're on a more metal leaning tour like this, you see a lot of pre sales. But like Houston, we're doing Warehouse Live. Motherfuckers, buy these tickets because yeah, Houston. Buy the tickets. Houston is light, and and last time we played on a roof in Houston, it was amazing. It was a thousand people sold out, and I'm like, what the fuck? But that's what they do. They make you sweat so until the bleed. night of. Do you have a thing where promoters ask for reductions? Do you ever have that? No, one time in my life it happened, and then I look. I got to the show. It's like, it was this huge comedy club, and the middle sits like for. Like your rocks numbers versus comedy numbers. It's a very funny story. Uh, fucking Brian Callum was talking to Bruce Springsteen, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Oh, it was a huge room. He's it's like four hundred people." And he looked at Bruce Springsteen. Bruce was like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a lot of people, man. <laughs> you know, so rock versus comedy are two different things, dude. You know, but it was like I look out and it's like over three hundred people in this center." But they want it all to be sold out on like a Wednesday. It's like that stuff doesn't happen in comedy. Right. Well, we just did Spokane in like a 2,000 cap room. And I think maybe it did 400 people. Maybe if that. It was still fun. It was a record-breaking merch night. You know, if you can do $20, $30 a Those are real fans then. Right. Those 400 are the ones you need. Right. You know what I mean? But someone will go look at that. And they'll look at that number and go, oh, the tickets are light over here. Yeah, but we don't go there. There's no radio station banging hate breed all day there. Yeah. And like with comedy, I see, and I, with the comics that I've had on my show, you know, everybody from Jim Brewer, Jim Norton, I've had a lot of Jims, Jim Florentine, <laughs> Don Jameson, Dean Del Rey. They like most of them, they don't like doing morning radio. I'm this morning, I was up doing morning radio. I love morning radio. I do it because you know how many times. They say, I won't, we won't add the song. We can't, oh, hate breed, it's too scary, it's too heavy. We won't add the song, right? We're treated like it's second class uh, music. But if you come on the morning show, we'll bang like 30 seconds of the song. You know how many people fucking listen to morning radio and they hear that snippet of the song and then you go and you see the streams are up, the downloads are up, you sell a couple records yeah. in that market. And, um, but I, I commend all of the comedians out there who have taken the business side of it's, it is really punk rock. They've taken it into their own hands. It's DIY. You have the podcast as a vehicle to promote the dates. I hope more musicians do it because when we do meet and greets and when I do a live podcast or if I just did one in London, I did my first one overseas on a Monday night, packed house, people loving it. 
merch for sale. I mean, it was great. That's possible globally, but we have to really work on it and really Tooth get and these nail. and get these promoters to believe in it and and to sh- show them that look, this is a viable business. This is people want live podcasts, they want live music, they want live comedy. What else do we have? We need right. to go out and fucking escape all the bullshit. Go see some, get some loud amps in the face, and go get some jokes. So when I did your podcast, what was the feedback? It was great. I mean, people were like. Some people were like, he's a crazy guy. Well, no, I mean, some people, and it wasn't many. I call them the vocal minority. Yeah. They're like, this is, this is dangerous. Some of these messages are dangerous. And I'm like, I love it. How? I love it. I go, we have to have different voices on here. Can you believe truth is edgy? It's truth is edgy now, but, but with musicians and with rock stars, there's a difference. Uh, you deal with a lot of publicists. You deal with a lot of, I uh, I don't want to do two hours. I have this to do. I can't do this. I don't want to talk about this. I get that a lot. Then you have lawyers and managers edit this out. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Because how much got edited? No, 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 no. Not on yours. On wow. other guests. And with yours, I let it all fly. Yeah. And I actually enjoy MMA fighters, wrestlers, comedians. Uh, a little bit more sometimes than the musicians, not the ones that are really candid and, and let it all flow, but the ones that are very guarded by management and PR because there is a need to keep sort of mystique and a persona. I do find the bigger you are, the more guarded you tend to be because there's a lot more at stake. I, I And like, you know, I have a friend of mine who's very big right now, like probably the biggest at what they do. And, uh, and, and it's... Not a com- well, it's a comic, but more of an actor, actress, and um, you know when you get that big, you are basically trading in um, your you're trading money, power, prestige, and you're trading in um, your ability just to be on, just to say whatever you want. Everything it, is on brand. It's got to be on brand. It's got to be uh, 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 all calculated. Just right, because of hip. because of pull quotes becoming clickbait. Um, I've seen it with with my show, but then you know you'll get like someone like Ice T, where we we get on the podcast and he, you know we're talking about guns in the hood and we're talking about drugs because there's talking- there's acceptable there's acceptable truths out there. If a black man talks about white people doing, that's an acceptable truth that everybody wants to hear. But if you go a different angle and there's other truths out there. Uh, some people don't want to hear that truth, and it doesn't fit into the uh, the cookie cutter. And not that iced tea's cookie cutter at all, but doesn't fit into what's uh, digestible for the masses. But someone like him, he he'll be like, "Yeah, come to the house, set up the mics." There's no editing. There's no nothing. There's no dealing with a PR person, dealing with a manager, dealing with a lawyer. There's none of that. So I think sometimes the bigger you get, the more freedom you have, especially if you're if, if you're, you don't give a fuck. Yeah, the beauty of. My band and my podcast and and my label situation and my network situation is I can't be fired. And that's the goal in life, I think, is to Someone said to that a- to me. I tweeted about the about how this gay steward flight attendant gave me free fruit and cheese. He's like, Here, free, take it. And I'm like, I go, Yeah, ladies, guess what? You're not the only sweet piece of ass getting yeah. free shit in life. <laughs> Someone tweeted, like, by the time you land, you get fired. I go, I can't fire myself, man. Yeah. 
I, I would not. Uh, I'm employee of the month, homeboy. Every yeah. month. Every month. Yeah. Every month. Every month. Employee of the month. month. Every month. And no, and, and, and that's, I think, very liberating. But I, I can't expect everyone to be in the same mindset. And so when your podcast aired, some people are like, whoa, 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 what is this? Because maybe they're used to listening to stuff that's super edited and, and homogenized and pasteurized. And, you know, I said, look, I gave a little warning. Hey, we're going to throw some wacky ideas out there. What's wacky to you might not be wacky to somebody else. Right. It's where you're at in life. You know, where you, are your parents fucking rich? Are you are are you from an affluent family? Do you have old money? Maybe you won't like this podcast. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Real quick before we get into what we want to talk about, have you ever regretted the name Hapri? Have you ever been like, fuck, if we would have come up with like the the, the warm fuzzies, maybe <laughs> maybe something might have a door might have opened to access to something that maybe you you might not get now when you say, Oh, hey, breed, we can't play that's too edgy. If you were if you were the patty cakes. Right. Like do you think that there'd maybe be some sort of more opportunity down the line? I don't know. I went through a one little like year. Not even, maybe like nine months when we got falsely reported by CNN. This is before fake news. Right. Before that was a term, we, they falsely listed us as a white supremacist band, even though we've never had any ties to that. We've always you know, played in the inner city in Detroit and Chicago and New York at these very diverse shows. I mean, when I was growing up, there was blacks and Hispanics and Asians at every show. I mean, you Dude, go to Chicago. Hispanics are carrying rock right now. Yeah, I mean, you. I went to see Napalm Death and, and Obituary in Chicago, and I was one of very few white people at the show in 1995. And you know, like, so to to even have our name associated with that, it was disgusting. And um, what is the the ADL or the the they? You know, we our lawyer contacted them. They got it taken down. They corrected it. They apologized. And yeah, then, but they didn't put it back on the news, right? Like, you got fucked, and then that's it. Well, CNN made a correction, but yeah, they yeah, didn't do, like, it. a subsequent yeah. post or anything. Yeah. And so for that year, or whatever, about nine months, it, it sucked. But look at Anthrax. When the Anthrax started getting sent around, all of a sudden, Anthrax is not on late-night TV. Anthrax is not on the big tours. But it came back. They ended up getting to be on the big four with with Metallica, the Yankee Stadium show. Now they've done late night TV. I don't know if we'll ever get the chance to do late night TV with the way that it's changing. There's been talks, but I've been able to do some mainstream radio shows, some mainstream um, uh, syncs, like where the film, you know, where the music has gotten into certain films or what have you. But I will say this now having that logo be iconic and be um, uh, an institution. Like I was driving by that Arctic Monkeys show last night in an Uber. I live right there. At the Hollywood Bowl. It's and I see, a, I see a fucking Hatebreed shirt. I don't even know what type of music Arctic Monkeys is. And there's a fucking Hatebreed shirt in that line. And so everywhere you go, you, you will see. you ever say you just stop going, hey, thanks for that, and get back in the car? <laughs> I know the first time you must have done that, right? First time you heard yes. your song at some random place, and you're like, that's my song. And yeah. you didn't know the guy. You had to go up to him and say, yo, that's. I was in traffic, and I heard this dude just cranking in. I pulled up, and he didn't know who I was. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, now it's now I think it's a blessing because with any sort of I looked up to like Minor Threat and Ramones and Slayer and right. anything that was um, recognizable 
like in a crowd. And I said, that's what we need to do with Hatebreed. So yeah, it, it might be still looked at as super underground, but for a lot of people, it's super mainstream, like a Ramones or a Minor Threat or a Misfits right, right, or whatever. Right, right, Depending on who you, listen, man, we could, you know, the whole thing in comedy is that people always like, oh, you should do this, this, and this. And I go, well, you, you assume that I will be good at that. That isn't me. Like I could, su- like I always believe that's what happens with one hit wonders that they try so hard to give the industry what they want and they actually achieve that, but they, they tapped into something that they don't have. So then they try to do it again and they can't do it again. And the people who just do their own thing and maybe you do get, like I always said, man, I would love to get to a place. If I can put 300 people into a room, I'm good with that. Yeah. And I know, let's say I achieve that, then I'm going to want to do 1,000 people. But at this moment, 300 people in the room, I'm very happy with that. Dude, I remember being just, I wanted to just play an actual place with a stage and a PA. I mean, I, my fucking standards, my, my, my goals were so low. I mean, I was used to playing in fucking garages. I mean, we played in El Paso in a fucking mechanics garage for like 17 kids. Like, we played in people's yards. So when I got to, like, a shithole club that a normal band would be like, oh, God, we're playing that fucking place again, I would be like, yes, there's a toilet. It doesn't have a toilet seat. It's got stickers <laughs> all over it. But at least there's a toilet, and I'm not pissing or shitting behind a tree. Yeah. And, you I'm know. I'm with you, dude. <laughs> and so now when I get to do, like, I heard Guar, I, I don't want to blow up Guar's spot, but I heard Guar complaining about one of the venues. And they have a lot of shit. They have a lot of props. And we got to keep it locked down because someone will walk with one of these handmade priceless props. Um, so we, we don't have like a big you know hoopla backstage. It's not Sodom and Gomorrah like a lot of people think. There's not girls blowing dudes behind the fucking backdrop and whatnot. These ki- chicks are it's, all business sluts now. <laughs> it's, it's, I love it's, women. It's locked down, but they're like, oh, God, we're going to this place. And I'm like, do you realize what our other options are in this town? I won't say the town. Because then people get upset. And the show was awesome. It was a fucking Tuesday night. There's a thousand people there. The merch is flying off the rack. And it was awesome. Was it the best accommodations? Did it smell like mold? You ever get that mold fucking anxiety? Like when you smell like and you know. I call it that Thursday nights in my life. (laughs) (laughs) You walk into the club and your body is like, get the fuck out of here. This is black mold. You're going to fucking get sick. Yeah. That's the type of club we were at. But the show was off the hook. The, the kids loved it. And at the end of the day, nobody knows that backstage sucks and nobody really wants to hear about it. I that, love right? it, dude. And that's, dude, I, lo- I still do crazy bar gigs. As long as there's a little order to the chaos. Like, I've walked in where it's just shit. And I'm like, what am I doing here? But I, I love bar gigs because I used to be the king of the bar gigs. I had to grow up in Vegas, and that's what I had to do. So I like going back to my roots and testing my kung fu, you know? Yeah. Because I'm playing all these nice clubs. But I'm a street kid. And, dude, like when we're – when I – the best way to describe Vegas comedy is punk rock. It is punk rock. When I was doing my show at the Palms, that's what we were describing. It was punk rock, talk shit, like fucking – Burn the place down, and I fucking love it. Like last night, you saw me. You're like, "Oh, I saw you last night." I'm like, "Oh, fuck." But man, it's, I'll throw a couple jokes out, and I'm like, "Nope, nothing." I'll go, "Okay, gasoline on everybody, gasoline, <laughs> fucking boom." Yeah, let's. I'm gonna leave a mark one way or the other. We call those normies. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like normies. It's like they. The same thing exists in comedy. The same thing exists in music. It exists in porn. Things will be taken to extremes. 
And some people are not at that extreme level. They have what I call bitch ears. Yeah. And so if you have bitch ears, you might not like Napalm Death or Slayer or Guar or Hatebreed or Lamb of God. If you have bitch ears, you might not like Sam Tripoli's comedy or fucking Louis J. Gomez or Big J. Okerson. Do you know what I mean? It's There's there's like genres and everything. That's a great name for an album, by the way, bitch ears. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I, I don't want to down on people, the, the normies, as I call them. I don't want to down on them too much because they can have the aha moment, and they do. I get them a lot where they come up to me and they go, I never liked metal, but now I listen to you every I day at the that, gym. I love that, dude. Yeah, seriously, and you people change them. People do that them. with this podcast. Like, I wasn't into it. Yep. Now you've changed the way I see the thing. Hey, real quick, Aaron, is there a hard out at 11? Okay, cool. Can you go to, uh, is there a, excuse me, a hard out at 12? 12.30. Can we go 12.30? Can you do 12.30? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, real quick, I just wanted to say that I am dropping part one of my special. It's uh, live from the Viper Room, Armageddon. That is most likely being dropped. I'm having discussion today. I grant it's only a week and a half, but I'm going to drop it on the 26th. I'm just putting it out. And then, thanks to Brian Redband, I'm putting out a Christmas special. It's called <laughs> Sam Tripoli's Christmas Special, live from the Viper Room, Zero Fox, and that will be in mid-December. But Armageddon comes out in about a week and a half. You keep asking. Now, I want to get into it because, you know, we, you were talking about you wanted to come on, talk a little Agent Orange, and then you're like, hey, dude, I'm in town. Let's do podcasts. I was super excited. I go, what do you want to talk about? And you wanted to talk about the dark side of the moon. Yes. The moon is so interesting, dude. We, one of the first episodes we did was a guy named John Toll. We talked about the hollow earth. But what an interesting thing the moon is and how people just take this thing for granted. And it really is amazing. What, why do you want, what, what made you want to talk about the dark side of the moon? All right. The, we had a harvest moon uh, last month, I think it was. And I was... With my mother, I'm at her house. My mother's big into astrology, and she's predicted things in my life. She's, you know, told me different things. I was like, wow, there's some real, like, like the day before I got the job at MTV2, and and I became host of Headbangers Ball. Um, she was saying, oh, this is like a once in a lifetime thing where this the moon, you know. Uh, travels and crosses with this planet and i was like all right yeah you know whatever lady and, but it changes everything it changes your uh notoriety your your money your finances your 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 fame all this stuff and i was like really and then next day i'm on this whack movie set doing like a bit part in a horror movie and i get and my a and r guys there with me from universal and we get the call this is back in like the next days do you remember that with the yeah. bleep yeah where you could do the bleep I love that people thought uh, a walkie-talkie was an upgrade on a phone. Yeah. That's that, fucking that, stupid. That was what? so dumb. That's so stupid. Um, Someone pitched that to a board, and the board was like, yeah. And we need to figure out if those fucking things gave a lot of people brain cancer. Because oh, if you put that thing up about. to a speaker, it was like, yeah. I'm like, is this thing drilling fucking yeah. holes in our yeah. brain with waves? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. Yeah, because we could do, we could send out like a, a sub information drop at a show if we wanted to and make like people shit themselves. That's what a tinfoil, a tinfoil hat's for. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. What else would you need it for? For yes. a walkie-talkie. You got to use a walkie-talkie. You got to have a tinfoil hat. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly, dude, don't even get me started on 5G. That's another episode. <laughs> So okay. that is literally what tinfoil hats are for. Yeah. So so that night, 
uh, of the Harvest Moon. My nephew says, let's go see a movie. I'm leaving for tour. I'm like, yeah, you know, we don't get to hang out a lot. We go see this movie with Jack Black, and the movie is based on something that's happening during a Harvest Moon. So I looked what? up. Yeah, it was weird. It was just a weird coincidence. So I looked up the Harvest Moon, and then I, I went down the moon rabbit hole. <laughs> I watched the unacknowledged uh, thing on Netflix. I read some articles. I read a bunch of uh, articles with this guy. Uh, I think his name's Carl Wolf. They 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 refer to him as as Mister Wolf in a bunch of these uh, articles. Mister Wolf. But talking about bases. Oh on yeah, the, dude. On the moon. And, oh yeah, we'll get into all. But that also, shit. oh yeah. So let's start with this. So supposedly there is no dark side of the moon. Now, They're, I was told... It's called the far side. The they f- like to correct you. Everywhere you read it, it says it's not the dark side. It's yes. the far but side. But does the moon rotate? I thought it always, the same side always faces. That's the, that is what is amazing about the moon. Like, if you actually looked into the moon, like, it has a perfect orbit around it. Yes. There's nothing in the universe that has a perfect orbit orbit around it and the reason they call it the dark side of the moon because i was told and i could be wrong and i'm sure i'm gonna get pounded on on these <laughs> fucking uh, uh chat uh, comment boards that it doesn't rotate that that side is always over there and that's why all the weird shit that's what everybody's talking about why is that the dark side of the moon because it doesn't rotate right you're always seeing well depending where you are you could see a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more right i have you ever been on a plane in a far away place like i remember one time i was on a plane in over malaysia and i was looking at the moon and i could see like things like like little little blips of light just, on the moon? Just just away from it, right? Then there's another time I'm on a plane in Australia. There's another time I was on a plane where we went over Finland, like the other way. Like we went, I think we, I want to <laughs> say we were going to South Africa. Again, I'm looking at the moon and I'm seeing these little, they look like shooting stars, but they're just, I mean, so small. You don't know if your eyes are playing tricks right, on you or right, what. Right, right, right. So, as soon as I got off those flights, I'm looking up things, and then I see these articles. There's some even – there's books dating back to the 80s um, that, that talk about the bases and structures yes. and things that supposedly exist on the far side of the moon. So I thought that's a fascinating thing, and we can wait. We'll do a whole, we'll do a whole series on Agent Orange and Monsanto. And oh, yeah. Else. I'd like to have you back on that. I if love we survive. I rapper coming out. If we survive, <laughs> if they don't come after us. Because now, there is a, a new law where you can't, right? There's like you can't talk. About what? About Monsanto? Is, are they going after people? I don't like, think that's uh, an actual law because that would be a violation of uh, freedom of speech. Well, they do that with the gag law. I think that's the one that's called. But that's with the farm animals. You're not allowed to go and record that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're not allowed to record that. That's against the law. Like, you can't go uh, well, in there and Well, how we treat shit. animals is just disgusting. I don't know how to fi- feed that many people, but it is disgusting. So a lot of crazy shit's going on with the moon. The whole theory that the moon is hollow. Have you ever heard of that? No. We did a whole episode on hollow moon. Um, Basically, you know, it's weird because there's things about the moon that's very interesting because did we even go to the moon? Like, that's the whole debate. Some people think yes. Some people think no. 
But if you go under the premise that we did, there's interesting things that were said by the astronauts. First of all, the astronauts have said they've heard space music. Like there's weird music coming out of space. And then um, the moon rang for like an hour. So So, when they landed. So when they, so real quick before we get into that, and the fact that uh, it was like now 50 years that strange space music has been shared with the public. I don't even, uh, should I even play that? They Uh, did release that. Yeah, I I did. Oh, God. I just, I'm going to get murdered by everybody. (laughs) The audio files. Let me just see if I can play this space music for everybody. Let me see. Hold on. Okay, let's just get to the music. Okay. You guys, so you're saying you got the space music. But you don't have the space music. So, yeah, they heard space music. Now, going back to what XG was talking about, when the... Uh, Who's XG? Oh, me. That y- you're yeah. called XG? Yeah. yeah. He gave me a name, yeah. All right. Basically. We have different... I have, My old host was off the grid. He ghosted. And what does XG stand for? Xavier. Yeah. Xavier, oh, okay. My name and then just my last name. Yeah. All right. Guerrero, XG. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Because I'm known for butchering names. Okay. So if I keep it simple, it's really hard for me to fuck it up. All right. Right. So the astronauts, they go, and when they anchor, they say the moon fucking rung. It basically was ringing. For like a bell. For like yeah. nearly an hour. It literally, like it just kind of, so it just like shook for like almost an hour. Kind of. Holy shit. Now the whole, th- the, that would add to a hollow moon. Really? Yeah. Like a bell. The bell would have to be hollow. When the bell shakes, it has to be hollow. Okay. Right? So, you know, the whole theory is that the outside of the moon is older than the inside of the moon, which is, I don't know how they could tell you that, but that's the whole theory, which adds to that the middle is hollow, just like Earth. It's a hollow Earth. Well, it's either that or they say that the, uh, the far side or the dark side is thicker. It's thicker than the, than the side we see. It's it's uh, 15 kilometers thicker. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah how they, crazy is that? Because they say that there was two moons before. Two moons? Yeah. And that supposedly one was the small moon was chasing the big moon. And then when they finally collapsed, it kind of melted into like one. Like Pac-Man style? Yeah. Like Pac-Man very slowly. There was no like, it was this video I read. Really? And that that's why one side is thicker than the other because it collided on there and all the fucking earth and shit melted on it. It was weird. I Dude, like, well, do you know fuck? there's a time that they remember when there was no moon? There is there are cultures talking which the moon appeared. No way. Yes. And w- what year do they have like, any sort of? Wait, hold on. Look it up. Can you look yeah. up uh, time with no moon? The Anunnaki said that, right, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, some, but it was like tribal people have stories of when there was no moon. Well, th- when I when I read this one article. And they talked about different new lunar photographs uh, of the far side of the moon from 1965. I looked up like what the camera technology and telescope technology and everything would have been from then, right? And I thought, okay, well, now we have way better technology, right? Or NASA has way better technology. Um, so I looked up different podcasts with different ex-NASA people and and other names that were mentioned in some of these articles. And I found this one, and they were talking about how there's 
it's it's basically like Antarctica. And from some places on Earth, with these new telescopes and with these 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 cameras and satellites um, imagery, they can see that there's these bases, and it's like Russia's got one, China's got one, America's got one. Yeah, dude. And that's what led me to that unacknowledged documentary. And I know it's annoying when people watch documentaries; they get all fucking crazy about it and they want to talk about it, but. There's obviously something we're not being told. There's obviously um, there's obviously groups that are traveling to and from there, and for whatever reason, they get to do this, and everybody else is just in the dark. Well, you know, it's like in India, they just found they in 2008 they found lava tubes on the moon. How? Picture like right here, dude. Like, uh, can you click on it? Yeah. I sent you a link. Lava tubes, uh, a giant hole in the moon, which opens at the Marinius Hill skyline. I love that they got a name for it. it. Was formed by an ancient lava tube, and it's just like they think that could be a tunnel. Uh, yeah. Click on the, uh, uh, it's up one, not that one. Uh, Lava tubes that could lead to uh, hollow earth, an entrance in, entrance out. It's the size of like a city, this hole. And that was discovered in 2008. It's like, there's something going on on that moon, dude. Do you think think that for public, I guess, uh, consumption, that if the moon landing was faked, it is Basically, to send a message like, "Oh, we're already here," but even though we weren't there, just to maybe get ahead of the game when it comes to yep. the other countries yeah. Is and that what a, they can might Aaron, use can it you for. Show that. I already got it up. Yeah. Whoa. Right. City-sized lunar lava tube could house future astronaut residents. But where's? I want to see these photos of the supposed bases like these lunar photographs are supposedly from 1965 when you click on the video can you google that um from the, from this one article it says this account has been terminated oh yeah dude um the video unavailable the video is no longer available because the youtube account associated with this video has been terminated but this is from an article from the express which some people will be like oh this is the express is bullshit but uh there's this, one right there there's a little building yes Here, can you expand that so these unusual structures that yeah, they're that this so this guy this Carl Wolf guy was a he was a top Air Force he had top security in the Air Force yeah I mean probably uh, Q clearance and there's these different terms for like these people like I like this one photo technician and you've heard about photos being edited yeah oh yeah all these all photos the from space are CGI by NASA yes and they're not even like trying to hide it anymore. It's, no. They're so bad, the picture. You're like, that's not even real. It's not even real. So this, with, with, the, with the more high-tech equipment, right, and these images that you know they're out there. Right. They don't want us to see it. Right. Why? Well, there's a, there's a whole reason why. I mean, uh, well, I mean, because that means they've been lying to us. Too. Uh, where's all the money coming to fund that? Are these these black op budgets that we've heard so much about that we don't know the numbers on? How long have they been there? What does that mean for humanity? 
Uh, are they trying to get off the planet and leave us all here? There's a lot of stuff that's going on that involves that. If if Russia, China, India, and us are all up there, why didn't we know about that? What is that, dude? What is that on the screen? What is that? It's supposed to be like a tower. Oh, my God, dude. It's crazy, dude. There's Six, what does that say? Six giant towers discovered on the moon. Then there's a whole theory. It's like the moon is basically a Death Star. Have you ever heard of that? Really? Yeah. What's that, it's that about? It's just an energy source that it's, it uses up the, the pain and suffering that we feel on this planet is basically absorbed by the moon. It is like uh, uh, and it's dead, and this it's just barren. No, 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 no. Is it's an alien is. satellite? Oh, this guy. Have you heard of this Steve Warner's Dark City? Yeah, 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 yeah. For there, sure. So I listened to the one, um, one of the episodes where maybe it was the Beyond Area Fifty One episode where they were talking uh, about the far side of the moon and various, uh, you know, secret NASA ops to get there and back. And I thought, all right, well, if that far side is what's, you know, being used to transmit to the rest of the universe or to other galaxies, and if there is contact and if we're, if the sheep don't, you know, are going to be too fucked up by this information... I mean that would make sense to me. Like they they would they would because we only see this one side. That other side would be where they get all their satellite information for sure. And they have their bases, right? And they talk about that. I think in that documentary too. But what's up with that guy? Has anybody discredited him or just try to discredit him? Unacknowledged? Who yeah. is that guy? It's uh, who does the unacknowledged? Aaron thoughts? Who does unacknowledged on on Netflix? I can't believe you don't know this. You're supposed to have these facts. <laughs> but if you look up a lot of these podcasts, unacknowledged yeah. Netflix, the, a lot of them have gone away. There's, there's like, like the last one on that, uh, on that Steve Warner's Dark City is from 2016. What do you mean they've gone away? Like, where, like a lot of these conspiracy podcasts, a lot of these different, um, like, you, why don't they get mainstream attention? Well, because listen, dude, we're we looking for the the director or. Or when it came out? What are you looking for? Like on unacknowledged? Yeah, on unacknowledged. Who, un- un- who like, was who? What was it about? Or no? What's the guy's name? And 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 of the director? No, the guy that they uh, follow. Oh. Yeah. oh, that guy? Yeah, the, he got busted for kitty porn. Stephen Greer? Yeah. yeah. No, Stephen Greer. Okay, Stephen Greer has been. Uh, he's been on Rogan a bunch of times. A lot of people think he's controlled opposition, a CIA asset. There's a lot of talk about that. People call him out on a lot of bluffs. But then there's other people think he's legit. Anybody in the conspiracy world that gets any any traction, well, I get called a gay Jew shill constantly. Constantly. You know? It doesn't matter what I do or how hard I try. I am an agent of disinformation. I am always fucking putting out fault and it's not I'm working my ass off to be as as real as possible um yeah so that's so it's like dude the whole theory is that um and then there's this guy have you seen this a gentleman who said he found a uh a tank on the moon a tank yes 
UFO hunter believes ancient tank on moon is a sign of alien war. Uh, alien hunters have claimed to find evidence of an alien tank. I love that aliens would have a tank. Like, why would aliens have a tank? If they traveled this far in some <laughs> futuristic ro- rocket, why would they have, like, such a barbaric thing as a tank? Like, why would you have something on the ground that drives? Why wouldn't it be flying around? And Well, that, I mean, that makes sense if you, if you were to come here and you'd see all this old farming equipment and all these, like, cars and all this crap and junkyards. Yeah, but that, that's, that's fine if you're a peasant farming. The, the notion that there'd be a tank on the moon means you've traveled through space. You're or not, it means that there were inhabitants and that's left over. Or oh. there were storms, right? Or it could have been a war. Yeah. Can you open that real quick so they could see it? Like spread it open? Bam, look at that. That's so interesting. Aaron, can we see that? Thank you. Like that, they say that's a tank. Wow. And how did they, how right? did they get that? Photograph. So it's basically, it, it looks like a rock. It, the moon, but then there's a rock, and they think that, you know, kind of like how they said a smiley face in the, in, or the face the in the face, moon. Yeah, the face. He, this, they're saying that's a tank. It's so interesting, dude. I wonder why there's been very little talk since all these books and since these documentaries. It's like it's it's... You hear about it being ruthlessly, inf- ruthlessly enforced, like the secrecy, right? Right. You know, you don't talk about it. It's 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 not suitable for public consumption. But why? Like there are people talking about it, but then, like you said, then they get discredited or they get something happens, a claim, and they get arrested and people disappear. I, I see people trying to discredit the guy from Blink One Eighty Two, which, yeah, at first I was like, oh, that's very, that's a weird sort of left turn that he's taken in his career. But I started listening to the book. I got the audio book of Secret Machines. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. The problem with that guy from Blink-182 is that he works with a guy named John Podesta, who is uh, evil incarnated. Uh, He's a very evil guy. And he's an agent of like a lot of very, very, very dark shit. So anybody associated with him, kind of you got to question... Their motives, uh, where it is that that dude, what is his name from Blink-182? Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong's like a, a level 32 Freemason. He's very high up in the Freemason. Like on his guitar, he had Freemason symbols. That's all. Like how deep is he in, you know, and is he just, you know, an agent of misinformation? And That's then a- he just tells you to wait. You ask him for the information. He's like, well, you got to wait. And then conveniently that video comes out right after and they're like, oh, because the whole theory is that uh, Project Bluebeam, have you heard of Project Bluebeam? No. Project Bluebeam is basically that uh, a fake alien attack that will unite the world and therefore we get to a a new world order. And that's always been, if you have Eddie, Eddie Bravo's always on my show, he always talks about that, that since the dawn of time, the elites have always wanted... Uh, a fake alien attack to get a one world order. Now, if you get a one world order, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights all go out the door and a new laws are made and then new rules are applied. And so that's a whole thing. So they think he's an agent of misinformation uh, and that he's working with because like there's a lot of crazy shit going on in politics. So an alien attack would be a great shift of focus. Ah, it unites everybody together. 
Like, remember the Twin Towers went down? Everyone got all united. Just think about it. You don't give a fuck about anything else when you know we're all going to die. Yeah. Well, if, you're, if, if it's like, oh, man, hey, you're Muslim, I'm Jewish. Hey, we're humans. Fuck those green people. Let's all work together. But yep. is that bad for the military-industrial complex, or is it good? Because then We're they, scared. When good. we're scared, it's good. It's good. Well, the biggest thing is it becomes they control all the money, and they make new laws. And now they can make the laws that basically they have the right to wiretap you. You know, they can search your homes. They can do all that stuff. But aren't they doing that already? Yeah, but that, but not legally. You know, they're not supposed to be able to go through your house without a search warrant. They're not a lot. They're not supposed to wiretap you, but they are. And now we get to this point where we all live on this kind of sliding scale now, where we're like, well, they're doing it anyway. It's very interesting. And now they did it to Trump, so it's even like if they're doing it to Trump, you can kind of. Everyone's right, all it's, game. It's, that's Everyone's all of, game, basically, once you do it to the president. And that's part of the normalization, right? It, once it becomes normalization, well, the, once it gets to that point. What's very interesting is how people have no problem with them data. Like, first of all, it's hilarious that hacking's bad, but data mining's fine. And it goes back <laughs> to drugs. Street drugs, bad. Pharmaceutical drugs, good. Like, if you put a suit on and do something, it's professional. If you do it in baggy pants in the corner, now you're a scumbag. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a very interesting thing. But what's interesting is how people have no problem with everybody spying on you through your through your computer or your Alexa, but if the cops actually came and knocked on your door and started going through all your shit, you would flip the fuck out. Yes. Start asking for a warrant and shit, but you didn't ask for a warrant to go on my computer. Yeah, but which is the exact same thing. Worse. You actually have more personal mm. info on your computer than you probably have laying around your house. Right. But nobody cares. It's just, it, it's like, and they only tell you to get angry at that shit. It's very interesting how we get told what to get angry about when we get told not to get angry about. Yeah, that's why you got to get out of the bubble. You, you can't get in. The, you, once you're in there... I mean, I look around and I'm in a very weird, I guess, place in my life too where I've gotten to a certain level of comfort and cruising altitude where now I, I love that. I have time to go down the rabbit hole. And then people say, oh, well, that's a personality trait that you might not want, you know, of, of, of believing certain conspiracy theories and, and, and getting wrapped up in certain things because then you're devoting your time when you could be writing songs or writing jokes or whatever. But to me, I just think, well, okay, if everybody could be doing this, right, if everybody could be touring or, and not working a nine-to-five, um, even that, in a, in a sense, would be chaos. Like, we think everything is chaos right now with a little bit of order, right, where, right. where I mean, every, everybody that I know knows somebody who's – not abiding by a certain order, right? right? They're doing their own thing. Yeah. For better or for worse. We've, Probably for better. We've found a way to, to, to win in a certain aspect right. of life, but not everybody can do that. Why? Because they, are not, they don't have access to knowledge. They don't have access to uh, networking or, or whatever it is. Now, with the internet, it supposedly leveled the playing field, and it has for some. Oh, it has for sure. But then there's also you're sifting through, like when we're sifting through these moon articles, we don't know what's bullshit and what isn't. Well, the key that you know you're, you're correct in that, and, and the the thing that I do on this show is like 
I tell people, question everything I say. Don't just take what I'm saying as 100% fact. Even if I believe it is fact, you should go and take everything I'm saying and look through it. Study your own. I always say, okay, you take history the best we know, the, the history, and then you, you, you take that history and then you apply who makes the most money and who gets the most power. If that thing lines up, there's probably something going on there because it's always about money and power for me. But I feel that like you and I go down rabbit holes on YouTube. That's very, this rushing gate thing, it's its own rabbit hole that's just being played out on mainstream media. And by the way, this killing of the Saudi journalists everyone's going nuts on, by the way, that's a great shift focus from the fact that they're no longer talking about the Russian gate anymore. Where's Mueller? Where's all that shit? All gone. Those are rabbit holes. They're just rabbit holes played on a grander scale. Okay? This rush this 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 journalist that was killed, that everyone said was killed, even though it comes out that he's fully played ball with all of these these Saudi princes forever. And like when we found out like two years ago or a couple years ago that all those ISIS beheading videos were all fake. Or most of them were fake. That they were done by a, a British PR company paid by the CIA half a billion dollars to make. Really? Yeah. I see. I didn't even hear that. Yeah. So, you know, it's like everything's a rabbit hole. I do joke about it, man. I mean, like, dude, there's a rabbit hole for is SpongeBob SquarePants gay porn. You're like, there's a rabbit hole for that. <laughs> right. And you cannot come back from that. So it's like there's, there, everything's a rabbit hole, dude. I mean, like, you j- just we choose to go down our own rabbit hole. The other people, they've just fallen for the tricks, which is work the nine to five, get married, have kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But Sometimes that's done I think, on purpose to get you so busy that you have to turn into the news to get your information. Right. There's some other. I forget. I, I, I forget. I wish I. I wish I remembered which episode it was of this of this one podcast. Uh, well, if you go deep enough, you'll find the the lady that was raped on the moon bases. What? Remember the the lady that got raped by the reptilians on the moon base? Oh no, we're gonna get to that at the end. Oh, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that, but I am dying to hear about it. On um on dark, uh, let me just double check this. I want to. As you're looking this up, NASA supposedly has bombed the moon looking for water. Really? Yeah. NASA crashed a piece of space junk into the moon's south pole. Uh, the data, uh, and this is NPR. Which, yeah, I question that. To find out if a dark old crater contained water in form of ice. The, the, the squandering of information and resources or whatever. Yes. Right? We see it on our small levels of, of our sort of different careers, right? right? Where sometimes people will be generous. Yes. We know generous people. We know rich people who are generous and... And, but most of those people, they're not from money. They're not from, they don't have old money. They don't have land upon land and buildings and businesses. And the, the whole idea of this travel to the moon or beyond or whatever, even now in mainstream media, people talking about Elon Musk going to Mars and things like that. It is not for everyone. 
if it's for the people who either want to do it or can do it because they have the financial means to do it. So that in itself leads me to believe that there's all this information out there that isn't uh, being d- disseminated out to the public because it is being squandered by a small group of people at the top. Oh yeah, who have been handed down this information and. You know, if you think about how far back old money goes. You ever heard of black nobility? Yes. We talked about that when you were on my show. Yeah. Old banking families in Italy that go all the way back to Rome. Right. And you think about the, the, I mean, now there's just so many more people, right? And there's just such a larger population. But, you know, I would think, I mean, I know people in jobs that they would, do anything to keep their jobs. These nice jobs, they're very well paid. They get to do whatever they want. They they live a very comfortable life. And they would probably, I don't want to say anything, but they would do a lot yes. to keep that job. So I would imagine that this is the same sort of situation with this information or with this possibility to travel or any sort of... With um, the uh, space and the, going to the moon or the Mars? Yeah. See, my opinion is if you're even invited on that flight... You, you you wouldn't talk no matter what. There's a level of psychopath. There's a level of you probably had to do some kind of ritual initiation to get in there, whether it's to hurt somebody, kill somebody, fuck something or weird. Some blackmail shit to yeah. hold, you, hold you up account for it. So you don't get to that meeting unless you don't get to that. You don't get a seat unless you've shown an ability to play fucking ball. Or and you have something to offer. If your brain is a computer, if your brain, if you are from a, a long line of geniuses or money or something that is going to be of use in whatever this mission is or whatever this eventual outcome is they're hoping to have. I mean, it's, it's possible, but there's a lot like people talk about NASA. Why, why hasn't anyone come forward at the moon landings fake? Well, because the people in that room have shown that they are ride or die with these people. You don't get to that level unless now somebody just unless you show that you play ball. Now somebody has sent me something. Can you look up NASA scientists killed? Like seventy NASA scientists have been killed. Somebody sent me that. A good friend of mine who's on uh, a Comedy Central sent it to me. I'm not gonna say his name, but. He asked me, this is real. And I, like, a lot of people send me this. They ask me if uh, stuff is real. Did you find anything? So uh, sometimes people see stuff they want to say, and those people can end up dead. Yeah. Whistle, they're called whistleblowers. Whistleblowers always come forward. There's supposed to be laws enacted to, to protect these people, and they aren't. I mean, like Obama, chocolate Jesus that everybody loves, that walked on water, right? Couldn't do no wrong notorious for arresting whistleblowers made it harder and harder to be a whistleblower made penalties for whistleblowing a lot worse did we find anything yeah if it's, i'm counting them down there's a bunch of people who have died recently uh not recently but like during training people like probably couldn't shut up people that didn't make the cut but there's there's a lot there's during training testing during fl- a space flight non-fatal incidents during space flight they have just a list of how all the times people had died yeah it's crazy right yeah, i mean they're like, non-fatal dude. during training there's all these little specific times that people had died but the list goes on it's on there are just i mean like there's so much money at stake 
There's so much money at stake, dude. Um, the the discovery of like lunar water and lunar poles and all that. You you've you've heard that right from uh, various different news sources. That is okay for public dissemination. What say that again? Like the discovery of uh, water. And poles, like lunar poles. So, like, there would be a North Pole and a South Pole right. um, on the moon. And then um, just the overall, like, talk of colonizing the moon at some point. That was sort of abandoned. And then the, the shift is now to Mars, right? Or are they still planning on this, like, space tourism? Um, That's what they seem like they want to do. Like, what's the point of that, though? Like, if it's... Because when was the Soviet uh, program launched for, for, for moon exploration? Like 1959. Yeah, like, like 59, 60s. And when was the U.S. moonwalk, supposedly? Right around, like, well, what's that? Uh, it was January 20th, 1969. 69. So that's... Ju- uh, July 20th. So July. that's 10 years later than the Soviets, Right. Right. So say we didn't have the technology to get to the far side of the moon, but they did. And then throughout whatever, the 60s, 70s, you know, you, there's, there's various different articles that say, um, and let me try to pull up one of them. There's that, again, these bases are there, these structures that are there. It's like China, whatever the superpowers are. Right. Why don't they want, what, why is it, based by country and not by one sort of governing body. Well, you know, the whole, you know, if you look at the International Space Station, it's all these countries together. And oligarchies help oligarchies. We've always said that. No luck? No, it says site can't be reached. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, let me see it real quick. Let me just read it off the phone. Uh, al- you know, uh, oligarchies help oligarchies. See, too. I would like to see if there's a translated sort of timeline or videos or photos or anything from Russia's exploration of the moon and all the stuff throughout the 70s and 80s. I wonder if there's an accurate translation, an accurate, like if we could find documents or books. I mean, that's the other thing that people don't want to do. They don't want to sit there and read a bunch of documents like this. I found it. It's uh, 74 NASA... Scientists killed in the past two years. What? Losses. Lo- okay, here it is. NASA agent Alberto Bahar lost his life on a plane accident in 2005 in Los Angeles. Weird about it is that within the past two years, there's been 74 NASA scientists lost their life. Uh, where is this? Um, oh, dude. Every- yeah, man. It's crazy, this shit, dude. Of course, it's this weird website. This is just a small part of the puzzle who unfortunately ended up. The full list is here. Let's click this. Here's the full list by Stephen Quayle. This has got to be real, right? Stephen Quayle says it. it's got to be real. Who's Stephen Quayle? That's the whole question. <laughs> you know? Here, look. I, 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 got it. I found it right here. Okay. You got it. That's the list. Can you read them off? It's a whole list of people, but it goes just like um, a doctor, age 33, died in Florida making Five and five more missing. Three. Do they give names? No, nah, there's no names. It's just literally just tells you like three oh, alternative it's probably health doctors. Shady shit. Yeah, 
there's a name right here that Alberto guy was was one of them. He was a robotics ex expert at NASA, and we got John Rogers, a a disease expert. Oh, holy shit! An old guy died. Glenn Thomas, <laughs> AIDS and Ebola. Who's player hating everybody? <laughs> Can't even but, wait for his own segment. Got to jump in. But if India has been doing space research or moon research since the twenties, if Russia has been there multiple times since the late fifties. Now, with the internet, you would think there'd be ways to find translated information about this. I'm sure that you can. You just got to actually take time to do it. You know, they're out there. And that's the beauty of the internet. It is out there. And then you got to, like this 74 doctors. Now we would have to research whether there's any truth to this. And I guarantee you, we're going to get pounded on. That's not real. But. And I'm sorry if that is not real. I didn't mean to put out some uh, some uh, fake information on this shit. But, you know, uh, a friend of mine who's on Comedy Central, which means he's important, <laughs> obviously. Uh, he's put, are those listening to doctors? Yeah. Do they they're, give names? Yeah, they all give names. Every single person's on here. It's just, there's everything. And it's doctors, mysterious. Uh, some of them are suicide. Some of them, some, one of them was a plague. Well, someone like, died of a plague? Yeah, in 2009 can you read a couple of them or are you illiterate like i am uh i'm illiterate but i can try okay <laughs> well but this is this is par for the course with any conspiracy theory you have to do research so well and also people who supposedly have information wind up missing or dead well, that's what they say about, like, Anthony Bourdain, supposedly, like, all, all those people that die soon. Every, but yet again, everyone, every, that's what they say about everybody. If you die, you were supposed to say something if you're famous. So how, how far back does that go, That the 74? Does it go all the mm. way to well, 2009? Well, this says it's two years. Yeah, I, I go all the way down, and on the list, it goes all the way to... When does the first one, does it list it? Uh, 2004. The first 2004, person says so it died in 2004. So in 14 years, 74 people in a given population have died? That's Se pretty normal. No, no, it's probably, not normal. Probably low. Okay, so let's let's <laughs> pretend NASA is all things comedy, right? Yeah. And all the po there's 74 podcasts. And let's say on each podcast, there's two people, which makes what? a hundred Around 150 people, right? <laughs> If 30 podcasters have died since fucking 2004, people are like, what's going on at All Things Comedy? It's just the truth. I mean, that's probably how many professional wrestlers have died since 2004. Well, the difference between <laughs> that and their heads. And they're all on fucking HGH. <laughs> Right? I wish all the podcasters were on HGH. I just, just a think bunch of, the, of shredded podcasts with white a, hard nipples. There's a thousand plus people working for nasa gotta be thousands maybe thousands and 74 have died in 14 years yeah that's that's pretty normal. do you think that's weird it sounds weird yeah thank you but aren't there other reason. but i bet you if you looked at other departments like aren't there departments that are related or other agencies that are related like atomic energy agencies and and fuel and right because it's not all one thing right like the yeah. fuel that powers the satellites and the rockets and all that that's a different agency that would handle that or right right or, like there's departments obviously and these are scientists. They didn't say, like, the janitorial department. It says there's 18,000 18, people, around 18,000 people work for NASA. 18,000. And 74 have died in 14 years. That's, that's, that's not a lot. <laughs> Just saying. 
I mean, I would think that out of all the conspiracy theories, the moon stuff is the most intriguing because the sun is obviously now a fuel source, right? We have now the, the, it's always been well. Oh, you I'm mean in terms of uh, commercialized? Yeah, okay. As being, as being, and barely they're barely they're barely trying to do that just because we're running out of fuel, based technically. But we're not why? running out of fuel. But why? Well, well no. look at look at look at what happened with the salt, right? Like salt was a commodity. Yeah, wanted it, and then when it became abundant, you can go get it at any restaurant and literally right. just nobody steal cares. It. No it's one gives free. a fuck about salt. Right. Well, my belief is that oil isn't a fossil fuel. That it is a naturally occurring liquid within the planet. And that, that they've, we've been pumping it for 100 years. And we're acting like... And we it just find dinosaurs. New, it came out of dinosaurs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what they did with diamonds. They just act like it's rare and so it's worth more. It's and so the, they can change the price yes. and drive up the price. Yeah. But once no one is dependent on it, right. they have to switch to make money off something else. Right. But so with the sun, you you know, there's different theories like, okay, it's going to burn out after X amount of years. But there's nothing like that with the moon because the moon is just made to be this like useless thing that's floating in the sky. And that just doesn't seem right to me, especially with you know all the this- smallest planet to have a moon. Really? Yeah. The other dude, ones the moon is cute. like, it's weird, dude. I'm telling you. It's some straight up Archon or Anunnaki shit, man. It really is. It doesn't make any sense what it is. I don't care what stuffed crust pizza says over there. <laughs> I think it's real. Go to the uh, but why the shard and the tower moon. The the link I sent you. Yeah, I got you. But okay, so what would shift the public's or the or the masses' consciousness Let me ask to you stop you. caring about what someone's wearing or what someone's uh, doing in politics? And to shift the focus to be like, we need answers. What the fuck? Do we look out at night and this thing is fucking floating there for no reason? Right. I don't know what the answer is to that because let's say this Tom DeLonge thing. Let's say in some weird world what he said was real. And they announced that. It didn't even make a blip in the world. People were too concerned about Carly B. You know? They just don't give a shit. Who's that? ridiculously not good rapper. Oh, Cardi. Cardi B. Sorry. Carly. Carly. Yeah, Car- <laughs> Carly. That's why I laughed. Yeah, I'm Car- a garbage man, okay? I don't know the new rappers. Carly I don't B. think she's good. I don't think what Tashi 6 9 is that great. That's just me talking. Um, and they just, it's all about shifting focus. Dude, when they said they, they the, the U.S. government has a UFO program, nobody cared. It's Everybody's too worried about likes and it's, uh, likes and retweets and all that shit. Is it Cardi B? Yes. Cardi B. Yeah. Okay, shut up, Aaron. <laughs> Stop judging me. Everyone also looked at the source of that information and it was Tom DeLong. So, I mean, again. So you're saying that because... The so messenger wh- matters is hey, what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So when the, when, that, when the New York Post released that video of the government's fucking program... Oh, yeah. That should matter. That should have mattered. That should Did matter. It, it didn't. It didn't even bleep. People are so into their own skulls. Well, is it because with U.S. politics, right, you're 
it's it's a it's a soap opera, right? And whatever's getting clicks, whatever's generating income, clickbait headlines, fake news, all that stuff. If this, if these sort of conspiracies, if these ideas involving the moon and the moon landing and the potential bases on the on the far side of the moon, if that doesn't sell, is that why it's not sort of permeating into the public consciousness where people would care enough to be like, we need to we need to get more of these NASA people on podcasts or on mainstream media or doing interviews or doing TED talks or whatever, or these people blocked from. Uh, talking about it in mainstream media or even podcasting isn't mainstream media but you there's so many that reach millions and millions of people why are you said this guy was Greer was on Rogan's podcast I, I want to go listen to that now but why for whatever reason why doesn't that turn into action where there's Do you know the only time I've seen this stuff resonate with somebody when nobody knew that SpaceX was uh, launching that thing and people freaked out when they looked up and they saw that. And they're right. like, oh, we're getting attacked. That's when it resonated. When it was right there in their face, on your phone. It's my argument when people always – because, you know, I go on the road with, with uh, Eddie Bravo. He's a flat earth guy. He and, is? Yes. He's a huge one. And people go, why, why is he like that? What, what's so stupid? I go, first of all, if you found out yet tomorrow if the earth was flat, how would that affect your life? Wouldn't affect mine in any way. I don't know why people get so pissed because it's just that one thing they latch on to. So apparently if we have a UFO program or there's aliens, people are like, I don't know how it affects my life. Until it's right in front of them, that's when they're going to freak out. That's my opinion. Okay. But the actual, like if you go, hey, dude, we have bases on the moon. I don't know how the average per- that affects the average person's life. You still can't get over a flat Earth. Or that I said it, Carly B. I the the flat Earth thing that blows my mind. I thought that that was people trolling me because I had someone on the show. Maybe it was you or someone before that. We where I was like that can't the the that can't be a real thing. And then my Twitter went crazy with these flat Earth people. Like you're drinking the Kool Aid. Show us the proof. And I'm like, well, I've been on a plane and we've traveled to you know South Africa uh, South America Australia New Zealand over India Malaysia Indonesia I mean and, and it's when you're on the plane yeah you're looking at the screen where it's showing you um, you know the arc or whatever the curve of well, the earth they say the glass has a curvature on it what's that they say that the glass already has a curvature on it. Again, I'm not going to get I, – I, dude, really, to me, yeah, but someone then, believing in a, a flat earth and doesn't believe – I know it sounds crazy. The curved glass would make the wing of the plane. If you could see the wing, it would look curved. Are you a flat so earther? Right. No, but I just I, – I know exactly what they say. So, and, I, and like most of them say, I haven't been there. I haven't done – the stuff so i just sit there when they say it is i'm like all right well, yeah you guys can't I, argue I, either because you're not a scientist i'm gonna thing be honest with you dude. and argue that i'm right either when i'm not right because i don't know shit. i'll be honest with you dude i i think the earth is round i've done no research into it the actual actual research into it uh, i don't i have friends who are flat earthers i am cool with it you want to believe with that people who believe in the two-party system to me are much more dangerous it really is much more because you are buying into a false 
fucking paradigm. Well, and all those people aren't privy to any of this information, right? Like NASA doesn't have a a, a desire or a, a need to share any of this with the president or anybody in the cabinet. Like that's that's a completely separate entity, right? Which what do you is, mean? Like, is they have to deal with the with the defense um, arm of the government? Well, all I know is that NASA was founded by a Nazi, L. Ron Hubbard. And uh, NASA was founded by L. Ron Hubbard, the Scientologist. He was one of four guys. One of four guys that did it. Yeah. That's true. 100%, dude. (laughs) Look that up. Dude, 100%. (laughs) Let me just look this. I found this thing. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, NASA. uh, I have. Maybe it's because I was an 80s kid. I'm born in 77. I just remember this. Eisenhower. No. Do you, that's what it says right here. I'm, no, 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 no. Dude, I'm telling you, L. Ron Hubbard did not start yes, NASA. Yes, he did. He was, uh, who's the famous rocket scientist? Uh, you mean the guy who founded JPL? Yeah. Parsons? Yeah, Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, uh, and... Uh, Alistair Crowley. Alistair Crowley was <laughs> no, in there. No. Okay, here, here it is. <laughs> Shut up, Baron! Here we go, you fuck. Here are the people who found it. L. Ron okay? Hubbard has never had government. J.W. Jack W. Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, Warren von Braun. Okay. Werner von Braun. Yeah, Werner Braun. Dude, I'm gonna fight right now, <laughs> That's dude. That's the Nazi Russian fucking, guy. Right? That is von Braun is the is the founder of NASA. Now, there's an argument that NASA is actually a Hebrew word for nasha, which means to deceive. Now, NASA makes 50 mil a day. Spends Its budget is 50 mil a day. That's a lot of money. Have you been to NASA? I have not been to NASA. Have you been near it? Have you? Yes. I have not. It's crazy. Like, you see these structures and you see these things pull up... Um, there, depending on which bait or, or which, pull up the one in Northern California. Have you been? I'm gonna go to NASA. NASA, if you're out there, I'm coming. I want to hang out. I want to come see your shit. Now, there's a gentleman that just died. I told you, got hit by a tractor trailer. Okay, uh, his name is. George Leonard, he claims that he has seen photos of, uh, he's seen surface markings, mechanical rigs, vehicles, pipes, towers, constructions. He was a former sergeant in the Air Force. He saw NASA photos of alien bases on the far side of the moon. He recently died when he was hit by a tractor trailer. Wow. What site is this? Uh, you can Google it. <laughs> Shut up, Aaron! <laughs> I think I've, I've turned, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, are you, are you telling me you don't believe any of this? I, I mean... Uh, let me Google it. Was on, I was on Daily Mail. So kind of, Daily kind of Mail is the fucking the <laughs> National Enquirer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Cyclist identified as Lansing man following fatal crash. Dude. Okay, what else do I got to do for you guys? Carl R. Wolf died 
Carl, so that guy that I was talking about earlier in the yes, show. Yes, is dead. How did he die? Got hit by a tractor trailer. What? October 10th. This year? Yes. Yeah, right here in New York. Dude. All right, now I'm freaked out. All right? So tell Stuff Cross to We're shut We're going to have to delete up. this podcast. No, we are putting out there. There we go, dude. All right, look up, look up this author, uh, Decker. Tim Decker, I think his name is. I love him, Mom. What's his? Um, look... Look that up. What's the name of his book? It is. Sorry for the dead air. That's fine. I want to take a couple moments as you're looking this up. I want to take a moment to thank. Really, we discovered bases on the mood. Fred Steckling. Sorry. Yes. Fred Steckling. Why did I say Tim Decker? I don't know. I've, I've, you love I gave you Tim my other coffee. I, I, I gave you my other coffee. How about and too. then there's Richard Holgland. He also believes that there's structures on the moon, on the dark side of the moon, the far side. The far side. Excuse me. I want to thank somebody, Matt Card, for helping me with all this research. She did a great job, Matt Card, Powerless Researcher. I'm going to start hiring researchers for the show. I'm going to hire people to do research. Uh, I'm going to hire three researchers to do research for the show, throw you some cash. I'll give you the topics, and we're going to do that. Uh, I had a great time. I would, do, uh, I would do Aaron Thoughts, but we've heard it the entire show. Okay? The entire totally fu- fair. fucking show. We've heard about it. Uh, Jamie, you're a G. I appreciate you coming on Thanks the show. Thanks for having me. This is just the beginning because we 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 we're really do just more of this. we really just just scratched the surface of the far side of the moon. And I'm gonna uh, listen to a bunch of these audiobooks, read a bunch of them, and we we can follow up. I'd love to for get those you, who have the thirst. Uh, I'd for love the to knowledge. get you on when we do in November, late November. We're going to be doing an Agent Orange one. I'd love to have you on. You and this uh, rapper that's going to be coming on. He's going to be in town. Maybe we could have you Skype in and we could talk. Okay, what yep. rapper? And if you want to go, oh, what up? Go, go on. If you want to go deep, deep, we didn't get out to get to it, but there was someone that claimed to get raped by reti- reptilians on moon base. Okay, what was so her name? Look it up. I bet she parties. Uh, she looked crazy. I saw a picture of her. She looked fucking insane. <laughs> I bet she's great in bed. Yeah, she worked for the uh, the Air Force One, so she was part of the the the, uh, the military. So her name is. <laughs> Yeah, look her up. Sorry to laugh at that. Uh, you don't want to laugh. At just, just, just don't judge a book by its cover. I'm <laughs> for it. Uh, <laughs> I agree with that. Um, guys, it's been a great podcast. I hope to see you at some live shows. And uh, the new website should be dropping by the end of the week. This is going right up. Uh, go, please go see Hatebreed. They're doing the Lord's work. Okay? We appreciate you guys coming in. Aaron, you ruined the show today. You ruined it. Okay? Send no, Aaron, all everybody hate. needs that guy. Everybody needs an Aaron. Send in their all life. hate mail to Aaron on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you guys are the best. I will talk to you guys soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye bye.